There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Christian, like, uh, like Phil said, congratulations. I want to ask you, uh, read a little piece about uh, Scotty Pippen's involvement in your development. Where uh, Can you take us through that a little bit and how that came to be? Oh, uh, Scotty, man, I play, I, play, I play in high school with his son, and he's been a big, like, a big inspiration for me. Uh, just the way the, the legend he is, you know, play for the Chicago Bulls and one of the greatest players ever. And every time I, I, I see Scotty, man, he just gives me advice. And during this draft process, he was with us every day, you know, watching us work out and giving us advices and little tips. And just during this work process, he just told me to go out there every workout, just enjoy myself. No, put too much pressure on me, and you know, just play my game. Nice. And just for some background, where where were you last night when you got the call, and uh, how much were you expecting that call to be from the Raptors? Uh, I was here in LA with my family. You know, I have a big family, so I was here in, here in LA with my family, and and yeah, I mean, I knew if if I was if I slept to uh, sleep uh, slept to the second round. Toronto would be a good fit for me for sure. You know, they they they've been following me for a long time now since 2017 in basketball without borders. And you know, yeah. every time I see Masai, you know, we have a great connection. And... All right, thank you, Christian. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. We'll go to Eric Crane from the Athletic. Hey, Christian. Uh, congratulations, first and foremost. It must thank have been you. an awesome night. Um, what happened between your second and third years at Arizona to help you get to where you ended up uh, going into the draft process? Uh, I think what happened was just me being confident, being me believing in myself. You know, my first couple of years in Arizona were really tough, you know, with COVID and everything. I never really had a chance to work on my game during the summer. You know, like my first, my first year in Arizona during the summer, I was home. Uh, I couldn't do anything with the California rules. So I think I really lost from that that period of time. And this year, man, we had a new, new coaching staff and it came in, you know, they, I, I have talked with coaches and he told me how, how he wanted to use me, how he's gonna he gonna help me get better. And and I just need to I just need to commit to to, to commit to, to work hard and that's what I did. And I think I was more confident this year. Obviously, your strength is as a, you know, a rim protector, but you, you know, like you've watched the NBA, so much of it is about being able to do that, but also be able to uh, defend on the perimeter. Where do you think you are in that terms of your game and how far do you think you can get? Uh, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty good, I'm a really good defender. I feel I'm a really good defender. I feel like I can, during a game, I can switch one to five uh, during the game and, you know, uh, kind of contain my, my guy in front of me. Probably not guarding uh, like I can probably guard a point guard the whole game, but I, I feel I feel really comfortable like during the game switching on on the guard and you know making making it hard for him to score on me. And I feel like I see how uh, room to improve. I feel like I see how room to improve, and I feel I'm going to continue to get better on that for sure. Congratulations again, Christian. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go to Michael Grange from Sportsnet. Hey, Christian. Uh, I just wondering when you do talk or did talk to Pascal, do you speak in English or French? Oh, we spoke in French, definitely in French. Come on. 
The um, and you know what would you say your weakness is? Like you know we've seen the video. We it's very obvious. You know the things you do very well. Um, what do you think are some of the things that uh, you need to improve to reach? I'm sure what your goals are as a player. Uh, I feel one of them is just getting stronger. You know, for me, it's, it's just about getting stronger. It's not. If it's not, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm, I gotta get bigger. I just feel like I, I just gotta get stronger. I just feel like I get stronger, and you know, I'm still working on it. And I'm getting stronger, and I'm gonna continue to get stronger. And I feel like if I continue to get stronger, that's really gonna help me and reach reach the the level I want to reach. And and when you arrived in California for high school, that was to visit. That was to live with your sister, I guess. Um, did you know English? And what steps did you take to 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 become so fluent in English in such a short time? Uh, I mean, I, I, I knew English. I, you know, I knew English. I did a lot of English classes back home in Cameroon. But, you know, just me coming here, it was, you know, the, the, the way people speak is really different. Uh, the pace is, is really fast. Like, you can't really, it's not easy to hear. So I, I had to take some time to adjust. And, and you know, for me, I just had to practice my English. For sure, my English wasn't good at the beginning, but I really had to take time to practice and talk with people and my teammates in high school really helped me just making me feel comfortable talking with them even though sometimes they were making fun of me when they couldn't hear what I was saying but you know it just, I just I just got used to it and I just practiced it and it got better. Awesome well it's very good uh congratulations and have a great day. Thank you. you too. We'll go to Vivek Jacob from raptors.com. Hey Christian congrats on getting drafted by the Raptors. Uh, since you started playing basketball a little bit, bit late, I'm just curious what made you fall in love with the game? Uh, I mean, I just I just fell in love the first time I went to basketball, you know, the basketball court, you know. I played soccer my whole life, you know, until I was 17. And but the first time, because where I'm from, basketball, soccer is big. It's, a, it's the biggest sport. Like, basketball is not big at all. So the first time I went to play on basketball court, I was like, yeah, I really like this sport. But, you know, just coming from Cameroon, like, people don't really care about basketball. So I was I was still playing soccer, but on this on the, on the side I was I was going to play basketball sometime, you know, like once a week or once every two weeks, and you know, and I got and I and, and I, I got taller, you know, and I was just like, man, I'm gonna just stick with basketball because I feel like I can be pretty, I can be pretty good at this sport, and you know, I just I, I just I just I just embrace embrace the challenge and just start working on my game, man. and and yeah, I am today. What position did you play in soccer? Oh, uh, in soccer I was uh, a striker or a goalie. Most of the time. Do you have a favorite team or player? Oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite team is FC Barcelona, and my favorite player is Lionel Messi. Okay. I was just wondering, can you uh, – obviously, you've been in the States the last few years, but can you give us, like, a bigger picture perspective of maybe what Pascal means to Duala? Uh, he means everything, man. He means everything. You know, he's the first – the first person from uh, Duala to go to the NBA and to get to that level. And and uh, he's, he's an NBA champ. He's an NBA All-Star, you know. He's, this year he was in the NBA and the, one of the NBA All-Teams. All, all and, you know, he just means a, a lot, man. Just showing people, like people like showing people like me that everything is possible, you know. I think like he said in his speech uh, when he won the MIP, like, like Nelson Mandela said, um, and, and everything seems impossible until it's done. And that's why he just showed people like and he's, he continued to get better. And and even this year, you know, he had that injury and he, he came back, you know, he, was, he had a pretty slow start. And then, you know, he, he kept he kept working on his game and then he showed people who he is. So 
just that that perseverance just he showed and I mean that just that just everything he just mean everything to the city of Dwala for sure. We talked we talked last night after I got drafted. You know we talked. He said he's excited about me coming to Toronto and you know I think he's gonna help me a lot. He's gonna help me a lot. So having somebody who's from the same city as me and who literally had the same not maybe not the same journey as me but kind of on a similar path as me and just helping me into through the the, the the rookie process and I think it's gonna be really, really big for me and I think it's gonna really gonna help me. Thanks, Christian. Take care. Thank you. We'll go to Josh from TSN. Hey, Christian. Congratulations and welcome to the Raptors. Uh, you mentioned hearing the news yesterday with your family. What was it like sharing that moment with them? Uh, it, it, was, it was amazing. It was crazy. You know, my family were really happy. And, you know, I was happy for myself. They were happy for me. And, you know, it just, you know, like I said, where I'm from, it's, right now it's only me and Pascal from that city who made it this far. And, you know, even even when I was already I was already in college, that was already a big big thing for me just to get to that level. And now making it to the NBA, man, it's just it's just surreal. And you know, I'm just gonna embrace it and you know, continue to get better and just show people that, that you can achieve anything if you know just put the work in for sure. Are you looking forward to coming up to Toronto and checking out the city once all the visa stuff gets sorted out? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I heard a lot of good things about Toronto, so I'm really excited to go there and you know, get to work for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Christian. Congrats again. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Uh, we'll go to Aaron Rose from SI.com. Hey, Christian. Congrats on, on last night. Um, what do you remember about that 2017 Basketball Without Borders events and, and Masai being there? What's your relationship with him like? Uh, I mean, that was my first time actually leaving uh, Cameroon and to go somewhere else. And, you know, I went there to the Basketball Without Borders game, uh, meaning that I was one of the best young player uh, in, in Africa and when I went there man, just being coached by NBA coaches you know and having a lot of NBA players there and that just showed me like and seeing them walk out before our workouts and see how they, they approach the game you know just showing showing us that it takes a lot to get to that level and you know you guys have like Masai like they did a lot for they continue to do a lot for uh, basketball in Africa and they were just there giving us advices and you know and we kind of like just built a good relationship, you know, you know, just Masai being Masai being Masai, you know, you always having a good relationship with people and we grow that relationship. And every time, every time I see, I see him anywhere, like the last time I saw him was in uh, Chicago for the combine, I had my interview there, you know, and we always talk, we always talk and we talk how, how, how proud he is, from, uh, he is uh, when he's seeing my, my, my improvement year to year. So I'm really excited to be in Toronto and you know, I'm just, I just can't wait to get to work. What should Raptors fans uh, expect from you? Can you give us a scouting report on yourself? Uh, I mean, they should expect me to give everything I have, you know, just give everything for I have. Uh, you know, the first thing I'm going to give to them is just my defense, you know, my defense, you know, just being that, that rim protector, that having that defensive presence, you know, me moving the way I move for somebody my size, I think it's really rare and it's really rare and unique. And you know, just being able to switch on, to switch on guard and, you know, just the way the Raptors play, you know, they, they, they like that big, big lineup. And I feel like I can play with, uh, with uh, you know, whichever lineup, it's a big lineup, a small lineup, I think I can be there. Just if you have to switch, I can do that. And, you know, offensively, just do whatever the coach want me to do, you know, uh, whatever you want me to do. Like if he's setting screen, catch love, you know, having, if you want to have an open shot, take uh, uh, the open shot, knock, knock down a three or sometime, you know, just, I'm um, just willing to do whatever it takes to win. 
And a quick one. Have you seen snow before? Have you, do you have a winter jacket? Uh, I've seen snow probably once in my, my, my whole lifetime. So I'm definitely, that's, that's what be going my first purchase when I get my first check is going to be buying a big, uh, big jacket. <laughs> Very good. Congrats again. Thank you. We'll go to Amit from Yahoo Sports Canada. Hey, Christian. Uh, congratulations again, as everyone else has said. Um, I saw on social yesterday, there was a ceremony that your father did with you, the coronation ceremony. Um, yeah. I don't want to try and name what it's called because I think I'll butcher it, but can you describe the significance of it and what it meant to you? Uh, honestly, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what was going on, to be honest. And, you know, and I kind of just asked, you know, asked my dad after like what was going on and stuff like that. And he just told me like, you know, it was just like ceremony, like she like, I don't know, I know to introduce me, but she like, you know, you know, because where I'm from, where I'm from, like from my village, my dad is like a kind of like a chef or something like that. So it was just saying like, um, giving me like, I'm a, kind of like a prince or something like that. And just, you know, giving me all his, uh, how do you say that, his, uh, his blessings and, you know, just go do, go do your thing, son, basically. That's awesome. And, um, I saw again another clip on social is when you were talking to Masai just after you were drafted and you said to him, along with the Raptors coaching staff, thank you for believing in me. Um, why did you say that to them? Why did you think that was important? Uh, because like, like I said, man, I said, thank you for believing in me because like I said, uh, Toronto, they, 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 they've been on, on my, how do you say that? Since, since, since basically since 2017 in the basketball without brother, Toronto would be not recruiting me, but they'd be scouting me. They'd be scouting me. And like I said, I have a really good relationship with Masai. And every time I saw them, uh, uh, they just show, always show love to me. They always show love to me. And and having them pick me in this draft, man, that just means everything. It means everything. And I'm forever forever going to be thankful to them. And, you know, I'm just going to go out there and give everything I have for them. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. And congrats again. Thank you. We'll go to Oren from Complex Canada. Hey, Christian, congratulations. Um, can you talk about some of your goals, maybe for your rookie season or even your NBA career, if you have any? Oh, my goal for my, you know, my rookie season just to be the best version of myself, you know, being the best version of myself. And, you know, mm -hmm. if being the best version of myself is being in the, the rest of rookie of the year, that's good. Being the best version of myself is, you know, I don't know, being, I don't know, just somebody coming off the bench for Toronto Raptors and giving everything he has. And that's good for me. Just having, you know, embrace my role and the role the coach, the team gonna give me, and just like just be a star, a star in my role, my, my rookie year. And you know, my my goal in the NBA just to, to be a long time NBA, a long time NBA player, be a really good player in the NBA. You know, being multiple all uh, multiple time All Star. You know, just having the best career possible because you know I kind of start playing basketball uh, kind of late, so I think sky is the limit for me, and I'm gonna continue to get better. Yeah, that's great. And then also your coach at Arizona, Jack Murphy, was saying how he thinks your passing is a really underrated part of your game. Can you talk about that part of your game, where you think it's at and, and where you think maybe it can go in the future? Yeah, definitely. I think passing is really, is my passing ability is, is uh, really underrated. You know, I think I, I have a really good basketball IQ. I feel like I'm a really smart player. And when I'm on the court, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm able, I'm capable to get out of, uh, you know, Tough situation with my 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 IQ and my passing abilities. Uh, I think I show a little bit of it, of it this year. You know, I think I have like a couple of games where I have like six or seven assists. 
this year. So I feel, I feel like I, I show a little bit of, of that. So, and that's something I, I've been working a lot with my trainer, you know, just make read of the pick and roll or the short roll. And, and for a big man, you, you gotta have that, those, uh, be able to make those reads and be, be able to be comfortable with the ball in your hands. And, and that's why we did a lot with this year with Arizona, just the way we play. Uh, us big men, we had the ball a lot in our hands and we were able to make read and uh, something I'll continue to work on. All right, thank you, Christian. Thanks, Oren. Uh, we'll go to Adam from the Daily Hive. Hey, Christian. Um, I was just wondering, uh, are there any current players in the NBA that you you know like to model your game, your, your game after? And sort of uh, who are the players uh, growing up that you were uh, looking up to? Oh, I mean, growing up, uh, the player I was looking up to because I start, when I started playing basketball, my favorite player was Kevin Durant, and that's why I, I wear number 35. But, you know, I, 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 he was my favorite player, but... I watch a lot of NBA NBA games. I watch a lot of NBA games, and I try to I try to take different pieces, a different pieces from each player. You know, like defensively, I watch a lot of guys that are really go bad. You know, just the way he protect the rim and the way he, the impact he has on on defense. A lot of Green uh, Green, just the way he talk, he communicate on defense. The way he's, you know, he's like the captain of the defense. And, you know. And offensively, I watch a lot of guys like Joel Embiid, you know, Yanis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, you know, all those guys just because they have, they bring a different, a different piece to the game. And, you know, like I said, sky is the limit for me and I'm going to continue to get better. So for me, just trying to, to learn as much as I can from uh, all those guys. And then just um, outside of, you know, your brief uh, connection with Siakam, uh, have you been in touch with any of the other players on the roster, either in the past or <laughs> since last night? Oh, no, no. I mean, last time was like a couple of hours ago. So yeah, I, I, I think I, it's going to happen eventually today or in the future, but I haven't. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, congrats again. Thank you. Uh, last call for any questions in English. Uh, we'll go back to Eric from The Athletic. Hey, sorry, Christian. Just one more. Uh, you've mentioned, <clears throat> you've mentioned, <clears throat> you've mentioned Masai a few times. Uh, he's maybe you know, the biggest, if not one of the biggest ambassadors for basketball in Africa. Uh, what does it mean to you to be not only drafted into the NBA, but to be drafted by him into the NBA? Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot because what he's trying to do for basketball in Africa is huge, you know. Yeah, he 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 saw he he see he see he see, he see the potential in in, in uh, African basketball, and, you know. He see the potential in African basketball. And he believe in African players, and what he's doing, I think, is really amazing. You know, it's really amazing. I think, I think African basketball, African basketball, they, 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 they're getting a lot from him. They're getting a lot from him, and you know, just getting drafted by him means even more, more, more to me. Just. It mean he be believing in me. He see he sees he see potential in me, and you know I'm gonna to try to to do everything to give it back to him. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks very much, Eric. Uh, we will switch to questions in French now. We'll start with Raphael from Radio Canada. Bonjour, Christian. Serge, en tant que francophone, c'est un plaisir de t'avoir maintenant à Toronto. J'aimerais parler d'abord de cette connexion africaine. Il y a Pascal, il y a Masai, mais tu rejoins aussi l'équipe qui contient, qui comprend le plus de joueurs africains dans toute la NBA avec OG également. Qu'est-ce que ça représente pour toi de, de rejoindre cette organisation-là qui, je pense, est peut-être l'une des plus populaires sur le continent africain? Oh, je, je pense que ça représente beaucoup pour moi. Ça représente beaucoup pour moi. Euh, 
parce que le, le basket africain est, est en train de grandir, ça continue de grandir. Et, et comme, comme tu l'as dit, les, gens, les joueurs comme euh, Fishers, OG, ils sont, ils sont aussi africains, et, et Pascal aussi, et ils apportent beaucoup au, 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 au jeu de basket au, en général. Et avoir l'opportunité de jouer avec eux et d'apprendre d'eux, je pense que ça va beaucoup m'aider aussi. À partir de quel moment est-ce que tu as réalisé que la NBA était un objectif réaliste, pas simplement un rêve de gamin? Est-ce que c'était au camp Basketball Without Borders? Est-ce que c'est venu plus tard? Et quand est-ce que tu es allé au Cameroun pour la dernière fois? Je comprends qu'il y a des sacrifices qui doivent être faits pour aller aux États-Unis. Euh, je pense que quand j'ai réalisé que la, la NBA, c'était un, 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 un objectif potentiel, je pense que quand je suis parti en, en Afrique du Sud en 2007, et j'ai eu l'opportunité de me mesurer contre les meilleurs joueurs, les meilleurs jeunes en Afrique. Et j'étais parmi le, le All-Star All Team en Afrique du Sud. Je pense que c'est là où j'ai vu que si je continue à travailler, j'ai l'opportunité d'avoir un bon niveau et la NBA peut être euh, un objectif que je peux, je, je peux atteindre, en fait. Et depuis que je suis arrivé aux États-Unis en 2017, je ne suis pas retourné au Cameroun. Je ne suis pas retourné au Cameroun, comme tu l'as dit, il y a des, des sacrifices qu'il faut faire et, c et c ça, c'est un des sacrifices que j'ai fait et, et ça, ça a payé, donc je suis vraiment content. Est-ce que tu prévois y retourner cet été, célébrer avec ta famille qui est là-bas? Euh, cet été, non. Cet été, non. Je ne pense, pense pas que j'aurai le temps avec Summer League et après, je vais partir à Toronto et tout. Non, je ne pense pas que cet été, mais je pense que l'année prochaine, je vais, je, vais, je vais essayer quand même. Merci. Merci. Bonjour Christian, bienvenue à Toronto. Comme l'a dit Raphaël, c'est vraiment un grand plaisir pour tous les médias francophones de t'avoir, non seulement parce que tu parles français, mais aussi pour tes qualités basket. Bah, ma question, c'était, est-ce que tu peux nous raconter un peu comment, comment s'est passée ta soirée hier Est-ce que tu as quand même eu des regrets de ne pas être pris au, au premier tour Est-ce que tu pensais pouvoir être pris au premier tour Et au final, est-ce que quand même Toronto, bah, c'est quand même une bonne destination malgré tout alors, ma soirée s'est bien passée, s'est bien passé. j'étais avec mes, mes parents, ma famille, mes oncles, mes, mes tantes que je n'ai pas vu ça fait longtemps, ils sont, tous, ils sont tous venus pour célébrer avec moi ce, ce, ce jour. Et, et ouais, c'est vrai que j ai, j ai, j ai, je pensais que j'allais je, je être au premier round, au premier round mais, mais bon, ça ne s'est pas passé. Et quand quand euh, mon agent m'a dit que je ne passais pas au premier round, et dans ma tête, c'était juste Toronto, je voulais Toronto, je voulais Toronto et... Et dès que mon agent m'a appelé, il me dit que bon, c'est fait, c'est Toronto. J'étais tellement content, j'étais tellement content. Et je pense que, pour vous dire la vérité, je pense que Toronto, c'est le best, le best fit pour moi. Je pense que Toronto, c'est le best fit pour moi. C'est vrai que tu veux que quand, quand tu es dans la draft, tu, tu veux passer premier tour. Mais, mais je pense aussi qu'à à, à le end of the day, c'est le fit, c'est le fit over, over the number. Donc, je pense que Toronto, c'est le meilleur fit pour moi et je suis vraiment content d'être à Toronto et je vais essayer de donner tout pour Toronto. Et une petite question un peu technique. Euh, Nick Nurse en a parlé hier. Euh, où est-ce que tu en es avec ton tir On sait qu'en euh, NCA, on ne t'a pas beaucoup utilisé sur du tir longue distance et tout. Est-ce que tu penses que c'est euh, une arme que tu peux avoir dans ton arsenal en NBA Oh oui, 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 je pense que mon tir, c'est une arme que je peux avoir dans mon arsenal NBA. Euh, je n'ai pas eu la chance de tirer à Arizona ou, ou quand j'étais au high school, mais je pense que j'ai toujours eu un bon tir, même comme mon tir. Ce n'était pas excellent, mais je pense que j'ai toujours eu un bon tir. Et, et quand la saison est finie, je me suis concentré à, travailler, à continuer à travailler sur mon tir et être plus consistant. 
parce que je pense que c'est ça qui me manquait. Je n'étais pas vraiment consistant dans mon, mon shooting form et ma mécanique. Et quand vraiment, je me suis vraiment posé, j'ai décidé de travailler sur mon tir, avoir la même mécanique à chaque fois que j'ai tiré. Je pense que ça a vraiment aidé mon tir. Et actuellement, je pense que mon tir continue à s'améliorer. Je pense que euh, même si pas, je ne sais pas si ça va, ça va se faire directement quand je vais rentrer à NBA, mais je sais qu'à un moment dans la NBA, je, je vais, je vais, ce sera euh, dans mon national. Parfait, merci. J'ai plein de questions, mais je laisse la parole aux autres aux <laughs> journalistes. À bientôt, merci. Merci. Thanks very much, Mike. Uh, last question for you, Christian, goes to Etienne from Shock Radio. Yes, salut Christian. Bienvenue, euh, bienvenue à Toronto. <laughs> Félicitations euh, pour ta sélection, c'est fantastique. Et puis, euh, ben, ravi de, encore une fois, hein, on te félicite, on a peu de, de francophones, donc on est ravis de t'avoir. Euh, je vais revenir un peu, tu as parlé un peu de l'Arizona. J'ai un joueur que je connais personnellement, Adama Ball, euh, que j'ai eu l'occasion d'avoir aussi euh, euh, avec moi. Qu'est-ce que tu as à dire à Adama aujourd'hui Tu as, as vécu comme cette dernière saison avec lui. Est-ce que tu as un petit mot pour lui Non, Adama, il sait. Euh, ben, Delen et moi, on parle d'Adama tous les jours. Il sait parce qu'on dit qu'Adama, c'est le futur. Adama, c'est le futur. Il est arrivé à Arizona, il avait 17 ans. Il avait 17 ans. Moi, à 17 ans, c'est à 17 ans que je suis arrivé aux États-Unis. Lui, à 17 ans, il arrive à Arizona et il n'a pas vraiment beaucoup joué. Mais à chaque fois qu'il a joué, il a montré qu'il a le talent et, et il, il, il est un bon joueur. Et je pense que cette année, il va vraiment avoir un breakout season. Et bon, on lui a dit qu'il faut qu'il reste la tête, la tête sur les épaules et qu'il continue à travailler. Parce qu'on sait qu'Adama, qu c'est un bon joueur. Même aux entraînements, aux entraînements il, il nous montrait il nous, enfin, il nous montrait que c'est un bon joueur. Donc, on lui dit tous les jours. On lui dit tous les jours et je pense qu'Adama, on va le voir bientôt à NBA aussi. Oui, c'est vrai. Et puis, euh, j'imagine que vous étiez quand même certains francophones. C'est vrai qu'il y avait Bénédicte, tu l'as mentionné, euh, un autre francophone. Vous êtes deux à réussir, donc ça, ça doit lui montrer l'exemple. Moi, je reviens quand même un petit peu sur ton parcours pour en arriver là. Euh, C'était quoi l'importance d'Arizona euh, dans le day-to-day -day comment, comment, en fait, ton, ton entraîneur euh, t'as un petit peu euh, orienté et permis aujourd'hui de t'aider d'atteindre cette draft aujourd'hui euh, Pour me euh, rappeler, j'ai eu deux différents euh, entraîneurs à Arizona. Ma, 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 mes deux premières années, c'était Coach Miller qui m'a beaucoup aidé. Et, et cette année, on a eu un nouveau coaching staff, euh, Coach Tommy Lloyd, qui est venu et tu sais, il m'a il a, il, a, il, a, il, a, il a cru en moi et on a parlé et il m'a dit comment il voulait, il devait il voulait euh, que je travaille pour m'améliorer et ce qu'il avait besoin de moi. Et on a vraiment travaillé sur ça et chaque jour avant les entraînements ou après les entraînements, j'avais toujours cette séance extra pour travailler sur des jouets individuels en fait pour continuer à m'améliorer. Je pense que ça m'a vraiment beaucoup aidé et ça m'a ça, 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 ça aidé à, à monter cette, ma, ma confiance, à monter ma confiance. Et je pense que quand j'ai eu cette confiance, je pense que chaque fois que j'ai apprécié le terrain, j'étais presque instoppable en fait. Oui, et merci. Et dernière question, c'est quoi ton sentiment à l'idée de, de ce premier entraînement collectif dans ta nouvelle maison oh, Je ne sais pas, je suis tellement, je suis tellement ravi, je ne peux pas attendre, je peux pas attendre. J'espère que ça pourrait se faire maintenant, mais il y a encore du temps et bon, la Summer League est, vraiment, est bientôt est proche. Donc on va avoir fait une Summer League et je vais tout donner pour avoir une bonne Summer League. Et après, bon, je serai ready for le training camp avec Toronto. Super. Merci en tout cas, Christian. Bienvenue encore. Merci. Thanks very much, Etienne. Thanks very much for the time, Christian. Thank you. Again, welcome to Toronto. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What do you uh, know about Christian? Well, um, the 
guys have been following him for you know quite a quite a while, right? Um, good shot blocker, um, really good defensive numbers. Um, you know, ranks really highly in, in all of college basketball last year in a lot of categories. Pretty decent pick and roll player, um, and. He's you know got got good feet you know I think he's he's a he's a big that's a rim protecting shot blocker but I think he's not um, you know without the ability to do some switching and move his feet on the perimeter as well um, so decent decent touch you know good free throw shooter decent touch got got some things he's developing still a little bit but but um, pretty pretty exciting I think. Uh, Certainly, kind of slots in possibly a position of need in roster balance too. So, pretty pretty exciting pick I think for 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 that one tonight. Yeah, is it kind of fun to think about? I mean, you guys have developed all kinds of different players. This is one kind of player you guys haven't really had the opportunity to develop. Um, kind of maybe a different program. Yeah, I think that um, I think you're right. He, you know, he he's a he's a five man, Michael Wright, but not I would not maybe a typical five man. You know, he's he's the more modern, you know, lob threat, rim protector, um, you know, type type of center. It's not like a, a banging post up, you know, type of guy, which which is good. You know, we're gonna kind of want to open the floor always the way we always um, like to do. Um, so you're right. It is it is a little different than than any of the traditional centers we've had, and certainly what we had most recently. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> I haven't talked to Pascal uh, as of yet, but I'm sure he'll he'll find it interesting. Why do you ask? <laughs> oh right, yeah, same hometown. That is that is something. That is something. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure uh, it'll be interesting to to see those two guys together. Nick, you went all season last year without a guy like this. Um, did that tell you something about a need for a guy like this, or, or why did you? You went all year, and now suddenly you got a seven foot. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that um, there's certain situations probably um, that we were, you know, playing with what we had and making do, making defensive schemes, adjustments and things um, out of necessity with the roster. So 
I mean, again, I've always said I like flexibility, and if, if the things we're doing or we can't do with our main guys for whatever reason on a certain matchup or so calls for something else, then maybe this will give us a chance to do that. And listen, if he protects the rim as well as I think he does, um, I think that always gives you a chance, if it's possible, to be even more aggressive, right, out on the wings and funnel things in and, and try to be even more in lanes and more handsy and more, you know, turnover-driven, um, right, and not have to pay for it if you don't, if you gamble and make some mistakes. Maybe you can have somebody um, save some of those mistakes at the goal. Nick, have you seen enough from him to believe that he'll be a contributor right away? Um, I've seen quite a bit of him. I've seen him play quite a bit. Um, uh, I, I, it's always hard to tell. I mean, I'm hoping so. I mean, I, I think that there's probably um, – Positionally, you know, a, a chance for him to, to, to fight his way in there and, and get some get some time. And, and I would always say this, too. It, it, you know, you never know, like, on day one what things look like when, when the whole roster shows up there um, fresh and healthy. And as we've seen, there's always a lot of movement. I would imagine that he'll get his chance at some point. It's just a matter of, of when that comes. Right, and then then you just never know. But I think there's a lot of potential. Again, still a little bit of a development phase, but I think there's a lot of potential there with the size and the feet and the and the timing and things that are already there that that he could probably you know help us. Is there like a main thing that you see that he needs to work on right up, right up? Well, I always I always think this as good of like kind of natural defender he is. Will he be able to understand NBA? defense and schemes. Now it's a little, probably a little um, easier for this position to learn exactly what's going on because you're not in a ton of like rotational things, right? Usually that's all the wings and guards that are that are having to make it the, the, the fly around and reads and drops and long runs out to challenge and all those things. So you should be able to pick that stuff up. That's always the first thing I say. And, and then, you know, from, from the other standpoint, can he finish you know, at the rim, will we get will we get in a position where he can get you know the the lob situations, and then what kind of strength will he have with the basketball on the perimeter, making exchanges, um, reversing the ball, you know, you know all those things we kind of like our our big that ends up if there is a trail situation to be you know somewhat of a facilitator. Probably a shooter, the one thing that sticks out is he was over three from the three point line and. So is there kind of like a baseline where, yeah, everyone that comes in, you want to eventually have I mean, you know, you look at a precious, you look at maybe other guys that were traditional three-point shooters, but they like to shoot threes here. Okay, does anybody remember what Pascal was in college from three? Three for 12? Three for 17. Three for 17, so. Um, well, you know, I think this, I think that um, it's, you know, we always have our, three-point shooting challenges, right, with developing young players. And and um, I would say this, though, I think he's um, really steadily improving at the free-throw line, and he's got pretty good touch. I think he shot almost 75% from the line for last year. Maybe maybe I'm a little high there. Maybe it was like 73 or 4, but 73.5, 73 or 4. Yeah, okay, pretty good. And But that's usually a... It's usually a decent indication of being able to develop out further, right? If the free throw 
line touch is, is okay. The mechanics are, are somewhat okay. And, and there's some, there is some feel there, right? It's, it's when the guys are really low free throw shooters that you're concerned if, you know, you're going to have to take some time, but I would imagine we'll try to push him out there and, and, um, I bet you he, I bet you he makes more than zero. Make <laughs> more than zero before in his career. I bet you, yeah. Nick, uh, you had a couple of your, you know, regular roster players just around the facility today. Yes. Uh, why was it important for them to be here today? Well, um, first of all, it's important for us, um, and it's good for us. It's good to see them around, right? I think that um, there has appeared to me um, this summer, not only today, but. A lot of these weeks here, uh, since we've broken up, there's a uh, pretty good closeness with this group, um, and um, it was good today. We had uh, Pascal and OG and Scotty all on the floor today, working out with each other at the same time, and and um, that was exciting to to kind of watch them kind of go at it a little bit. And I think that's you know both sides of the ball. Um, that can only help them playing against each other, similar sized athletes and similar sized positions. And they've got to guard each other and they've got to try to score on each other and things like that. So that's good. But um, mostly it's just, listen, our guys, our guys like rightly so they, they're proud to be Raptors. They love, love the organization. They love to be here. And, and I think it's cool that they're here and poking their heads and wondering um, who's going to be joining them. Right, who's going to be joining them? So it's um, good. Good team spirit. Team feels really good right now. So it's exciting to see. Nick, on that theme, I mean, has there been any indication from you or from OG about his concerns about his role or how he was used this past year? It's a lot of reporting leading up to the draft was indicating. Um, listen, I think that um, not only OG, but I've talked with these guys a lot about their roles, right, and and had um, a really good positive season ending you know kind of wrap up with OG we we certainly talk about all those kind of things listen I think OG is is really good I really like him like he is a tremendous person and a great two-way player he has a he had a little bit of a rocky road last year obviously with the injuries I think more than anything he just wants to be out there because I think we all saw him kind of revving his engines ready to take off until I mean I can't I can't remember what first kind of derailed him but but he came in just zooming this way yeah I think it was a hip hip um, yeah I think that happened in Philly or something and that was kind of the first thing that set him back and then he had a finger and, and things like that but I think more than anything he wants to you know get out there and play be, be be available more games and I think that his his production and his promise and his continued development of getting better and better um, hinges on that, right? I think he knows it, and I think we all know it. But but um, he's uh, guys like him are hard to find in this league. Nick, if we could go back to Christian. Obviously, you guys value the intangibles and the character. Yeah. Is there a story that sticks out to you, whether it was a meal you guys shared or a draft workout or just from the due diligence you guys did speaking to other people about him 
Is there a story that sticks out to you in that Well, regard? not not so much for me. Um, I kind of get brought in late to these, um, you know, situations. There's a number of guys you, you're considering on a night tonight, but I do know from just being um, around here, you know, these last couple weeks leading up to this that we've known them for a long time, right? I mean, I'm, I'm uh, watching footage on, you know, um, on him, and I think it was, it was a home video of one of our one of our guys shot, you know, like so we've known him for a long time when he was what he was um a while. I think he's come through the basketball without borders and as everybody's mentioned, Pascal's hometown. So um to me that's kinda cool that, you know, it's not like um you know, this somebody like he oh, he just happened to be the best guy there and we took him. Like there is there is some pretty good history with our scouting and, and front office with this with this player. You, you mentioned Christian's uh, quick feet on uh, off the yes. top. Uh, like obviously, that, that, that makes you think about switchability. But, yes. uh, you guys run a lot of zones and, and whatnot. So yes. how does having a center uh, with that, that kind of feet of foot, how does that help uh, zone skills? Well, um, first of all, his feet look good. That he, he should be able to do some switching, right? That's what I've already mentioned. Um, and that that is there. It's like, you know, you're probably not going to want him in constant switching right but you want to know that if there's an emergency or if it's a certain time in the game that something happens he'll be able to handle himself adequately not that he's gonna you know just totally take the ball from him or totally lock him up and you know stop him up right right in right in their tracks but he that he can you know at least you know run with stay with you know pursue from behind whatever to make a shot contested so that's one thing, and then, then on the other hand, when you do have a shot blocking guy, you can you can play more zone, right? They're kind of they're not really related, right? So to be able to do both things, you can survive in some man to man. But if you're a rim protector, there's a lot of times where we can say, you know, we're going in this zone, and your job is to never leave the rim. Or when we press, right? It's kind of like when we press, we say we really need you to. No matter what happens here, don't let them break the press and come down and dunk on us, right? No matter, your job is to run down there so that we can be ultra-aggressive with the other four guys way up the floor, right? So we always know that at least they're going to have to go down and challenge him for a tough shot, you know, no, you know, no matter what. So um, just a couple different ways you can use use a guy like this, yeah. Where's the balance of Where's the balance between the expectations of him being 7-1 and playing a center position at 22 years old and him contributing to the floor almost immediately, potentially, and the staying patient in his development? Yeah, it's always a good question, right? Because you never really know um, how rookies are going to react, right? And, um, you know, for me, I always will look at him as as contributing right away, right? And And then we're always probably as well are going to try to find our way to work him into the 905 to get him some like long minute games right you know and, and be honest his stints with us as a rookie um probably are going to be some short stints here and there you know and and he's going to you know we'll see how he can handle those sometimes it's not that easy but then you want to go see and let him expand his game or do a little more or whatever so you get him down and, and playing as well. So I think it's always that balance of we would be thinking right away with, with our team 
um, always thinking uh, kind of short term, but with a vision of what's going to be best to get him to be the best player he can be at by the end of season one. And it's usually, our history would say to you, it's usually a combination, some combination of both of those things. And again, you know, timing and and um, injuries and scheduling and all those things kind of always play a part in that. So you never quite know how it's all going to go. You make yourself a nice plan and you adjust it as you go. But I, you know, I could see us using some of our historical um, data to, to run him through that. Did you have a chance to message Griff? And what was it like for you to watch his team draft? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, um, um, yeah, it was it was cool. I, I I saw him on TV and like the pre pre show there. They were sitting at the table there, and so I texted him, and he was kind of like right in this spot in the picture. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but. They were actually interviewing somebody else, but he was sitting right there, and he was smiling, talking, and I, I texted him said, hey, I see you on TV. And, um, um, you know, just told him to enjoy it, and he texted me back, said he was on cloud nine. So he was he was having a great time, and they all looked uh, incredibly happy, obviously, when he got drafted, and um, congratulations to them. I think that's a really good spot for him to go. That should be a, it should be a good fit for him in Atlanta. No, but I have been thinking about that tonight, actually, and how that's gonna feel when we, when we go in there and we say, don't let, don't let him do this, that, and the other thing, and you know, that will be interesting to see. Uh, I would imagine that the scouting schedule has not been made out yet, but I would imagine uh, Adrian will not have Atlanta. <laughs> talk a bit about just uh this year the waiting period obviously last year you had a very high pick and you know this year you, you know your team didn't trade up and you know you're waiting a couple extra hours um you know what were you doing in, in those couple hours were you just you know chatting with the front office were you you know doing extra any extra scouting you know what, what was that couple of hours like for you yeah i mean it's um it's always uh i mean we're 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 in the war room you know the whole the whole group and um uh, we just, you watch it unfold really just early on. Uh, probably I would say the first, you know, 15 picks or the first half of the, the first round, you're, you're just really watching it unfold and, and, um, but then it gets pretty serious and you start starting to think of, you know, looking at your board and thinking where things might move and, and it, and then it goes really fast. Like, you know, you, you've got kind of a group. Well, I'll just give you the example from this year. I won't tell you who was there, but there's a group of people, you know, group of group of three or four players that are sitting there pretty high on our board that are we're thinking, you know, one of these guys might make it, you know, to the to the pick and and um, you know, what if all three are there? You know, I, you know, you you just and then the names start changing and then it shifts to another group and and. Um, I mean, it goes pretty. It goes pretty um, fast after that. I mean, it seems really slow for the first half of it when you're back in the draft, but it goes pretty fast. There's a lot of movement and a lot of um, discussion, and then you know, at the same time, as you guys probably are aware, there's there's calls coming in constantly about just moving a few spots here or there, or, you know, whatever. So you're you're trying to concentrate on some of that while you're debating on whether those would be good moves as well um, and then when it gets right down to it because the second round moves pretty quick it it goes really quick to get to your pick so um, 
don't know if that answered your question or not, but that's what I was doing. <laughs> Nick has the uh, national team head coach. Yes. Yeah, two guys go in the lottery, and then yeah. two other pretty good players go top of the second round. Any thoughts on, on where any of Andrew or Yeah. Or yeah. Or First of all, it's great. What was it, four in the top 32? Yes. And two in the, what, six, seven? Oh, yeah, so, so, so really good, I think, um, you know, for the most part, you know, leading into maybe prior to today, um, you know, I think they all kind of moved up, I would say, you know, when it got right down to it. So congratulations. I thought, um, I thought, um, you know, Ben, obviously it's a super high pick, but I thought he played great when I saw him, you know, initially and, and obviously played great for the under, um, 18 team. Um, I know that, um, we had Andrew Nimhard in here for a workout and he was spectacular. It doesn't surprise me. He moved up if he was working out like that for other people. He, he was, you know, almost flawless here in his workout. Um, and Caleb, that's a pretty, pretty nice, I think in the end, uh, jump up for him too. So, and he played well for the under 18 team too. So another great night really for, for Canada uh, basketball and and the country and and um, congratulations to you know for not only all those guys and their families but all the you know all the coaches and stuff that helped get those guys there. Nick, you've got uh, three francophones on your roster now. How's your French coming? If I could answer you in French, you would have no, not that great. Maybe someday we'll interview you, you in French. <laughs> okay. I wish I knew more French. I only know very little bit, but you'd think I would know more. How uh, was there any possibility of you moving up in the draft or doing anything other than keeping your pick? Um, no, this year there wasn't a time. I think we we laughed. We didn't have a call for the full, the first hour of the draft, so it was fairly quiet this year. What's the follow up? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing otherwise, Mike. Yeah. Bobby Nick said that you, uh, the team's been keeping tabs on Coloco for a long time. Uh, that he had like, a whole film thing that happened a long time ago. Can you put us through how long you've been keeping tabs on him? Yeah, I think first uh, 2017 Basketball Without Borders, I believe in South Africa, was the first time he kind of came on the scene. Um, then he, trying to get the timeline right, then he came to the States. He was in Los Angeles. His sister was there. And he, uh, he went to high school at the, I think, well-known Sierra Canyon, where a bunch of guys go. And then he went from there. I think it was two years at Sierra Canyon and then three years at Arizona. But, yeah, first 2017 in uh, Johannesburg. What were your first impressions or what was the organization's first impressions in 2017? <laughs> you know, a long, skinny, lanky kid. Um but I think yes, while you follow the development and now five years later, you know, you see the progression. Um, I think even the time at Arizona, you know, from when you first went there to, I think, Defensive Player of the Year this year, I think it's just, you know, you want to continue to see that climb. And everyone knows, you know, our development and the amount of resources we want to put into a guy like him, um, you know, really the sky's the limit. What do you think on that? 
Do you have a good feel of like if, if he can make more of an immediate impact, or if this is like a long-term plan, or like you know, do you have a good feel of him yet? You know, listen. Historically, the second-round picks, it's a it's a different journey. You know, I think there's you know when you come in like Scotty, you come in as a as a first-round pick. There's a bit more uh, expectation and um, you know maybe responsibility that you you know you hold. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're not one to you know put any boxes around these guys. So if he comes in and he'll be on summer league and We'll see what he can do. So, um, you know, I think we're going in pretty open-minded. Probably looking back on the bad young deal and the comfort you guys had in moving mm-hmm. 20 to 33, did things kind of shake up the way you expected? Yeah, I have to go back and look where our final one. But I, I think I told you all a couple of days ago we needed like 20 or 25, and so he was in that group. Uh, Bobby, uh, like I see reporting that uh, you had signed Bob Jr. to a two-way deal. I don't know what I'm allowed to confirm, but that's probably the coolest story of the night. If you go look who uh, Wayne Embry drafted in, I think, 1986, he just told me. It was dad. So, full circle. How important was it to get a guy with seven-foot size or that kind of size into this organization this year? Uh, you know, it was best available, to be honest. I can go, but you know, you guys laugh, but, you know, if you ever saw the draft board, you know. Um... But, you know, obviously we, we liked him, we followed him, but, you know, he's not number one on the board, so it has to have some, you know, order. Um, but, yeah, it just so happened that he was there. But was that something in general, whether a free agency, or was that adding size to this roster, something that you guys want to do in some avenue or not? Yeah, I think it's something, yeah, we've talked about in the past, obviously, free agency. I would say, like, we try to look at the draft independently of need, kind of what I talked about. It's just truly the player that we think will fit with us. Um, I think with free agency, you can probably address it more specifically. Uh, but I think historically, everybody's known in the draft, we'll go get the best player. And if there's duplicates or if there's an opening, um, you know, teams are fungible and you can make trades and stuff. Do you have any uh, reaction from Pascal about the pick? Did you talk to him about it or talk to him before? Or sort of what's, uh, what's the news there? Yeah, I knew, I knew uh, Christian was a, an option. So I, either yesterday or today, Pascal's up here. Um, so obviously he, he, he knows the kid's story. He said he doesn't know him, you know, a ton socially, but I think that they had interacted in LA, um, while Christian was out there and Pascal trains out there either last summer or a prior summer. So I know they have some acquaintance level, uh, relationship. Bobby, in the past, intangibles and character has been a big thing for you guys in the draft. Can you talk a little bit about... Christian's character, and are there any stories that stick out from the pre-draft process, even ones maybe someone else told you about him? I mean, I think you just think of the story, right? So I saw some footage they put online, right? So I think he's probably 15 or 16 there, and then to see where he's come, you know, not that far later at, at 22. Um, so I think it's just the hard work, the commitment, the, um, you know, kind of want and ability to grow. So all of those things are wrapped up in it, and I think it's shown, obviously, when we interviewed him. Um, but then it's shown on the court too. So I think, you know, the culmination was a really incredible year at Arizona that um, probably even even got better from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. So more of that, which is, you know, what we love here. Do you want to tell us how high up on your board he was? I think I said he was in our, our top 20 or top 25, whatever, whatever our list was that we were comfortable with. Um, at 33, he was there. You mentioned with the draft, you know, it's – best player available, and then with free agency, you can be more specific. Do you view Coloco as someone who maybe 
has addressed that need and moved somewhere else going forward, or do you still feel like you have those same needs to address going you know, we'll still look at the position. I don't think that it precludes us from, um, you know, obviously we had free agency plans prior to this, and so I think those are still the same. Uh, we were asking Nick about how he's different than the rest of the roster. How do you feel he fits defensively? Um, do you think he can do some of that switching that you, and that aggressive style that you guys have played? I think he can do that. I think why we like him is because he's a rim protector and he's – that part of his game we, we think he can work on, right? And so the lateral stuff, but I think, yeah, I mean, he's seven foot. I'm not sure what his uh, wingspan or standing reach is, but it definitely is a, It is something that we do not have. I think to the earlier question is when can he contribute? I think that's probably a fair question, and we probably won't know until we get, you know, get to be around him a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, I think as far as, like, a seven-foot rim protector that we don't have, that, that that's what he is. Nick was uh, talking a bit about how he's going to probably spend some time with the 905. Can you just uh, talk a bit to you know, why that's important to his development arc? It's a lot of huge. I mean, probably other than Scotty or maybe OG because he started that first year. I think everyone on our team has been through. Um, and most of it's just the, you know, the reps, the high-level game reps that he'll get. And I think, um, you know, we'll see, you know, pretty soon, I think, how much of that he'll need or if he's ready to contribute. Uh, but it's a great option that we have and knowing that the system's the same, um, I think everybody saw with Delano and Justin and those guys this year is it's just an opportunity for them to play, especially if you're not playing, you know, meaningful minutes on the NBA team. It, it might just be a coincidence that you guys now have a few guys on the team who kind of picked up basketball a little later in life. Mm-hmm. Is that something you guys look at, or is it just about the development trajectory and getting better over the years? Yeah, I see it's probably the latter, the trajectory, right? I think we like to see that curve. Um, but there are other guys that we were considering the draft that are, you know, maybe to your point, more traditional, started playing, you know, at a younger age. But um, um, I don't know. There's a lot of guys on our team that played basketball a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting, I guess, from, you know, Pascal specifically and then just the rest of your leadership group, you know, bringing in a new player into the roster? Uh, what kind of role do you want them to take on as just an off-court leader and a mentor? Yeah, I think, you know, anyone coming into a new situation, um, you know, you want to be embraced. You want to have a, a warm welcome, so we'll do that. Um, unfortunately, he can't come up here because of his, his uh, visa situation, um, but we'll see him in Vegas, and I think at first is, you know, warm. This is our family. Like, it's, uh, I think it's how anyone would want to be welcomed into a new group. And with that visa situation, uh, you know, you just talk a bit about that and sort of when are you expecting him to be able to visit Toronto? Yeah, as soon as he signs his contract, he'll get his work permit. So it's not it's not a, a lengthy issue. It's just, I think, believe, I think when you have a student visa and you leave the country, you can't go back into the U.S. Um, same thing happened, I think, when we drafted Pascal and Yaka. We had to do a workout in Buffalo. But as soon as they sign their contract, which I think July 1, he'll be able to. But we'll probably be in Vegas, so I'm not sure when he'll actually come up. So just to be clear, did he work out for you, uh, and if so, where? He, he was not able to work out for us. We were trying to plan a Buffalo workout like we did, but we couldn't have the dates work out. So picking him was based on basically knowledge uh, of just seeing him in Arizona? or uh, We met with him uh, in Chicago at the Combine, so we had an in-person interview with him. Bobby, have you guys started the process of planning the next uh, 905 Great question. Um, we have. I don't have any news to share, uh, but we're going to start more seriously now that the draft is done. But we kind of have an idea of where we want to go. Um, but yeah, that'll 
hopefully start more seriously next week. Seeing that you only had a draft combine interview, what stood out in that interview to you? Uh, you know, seriousness, level of love for the game, wanting to get better. Um, one thing I told the other day is if you sit down and have dinner or 30 minutes, you get a, you know, we feel like you get a pretty good sense of who they are. Um, so I think that was it. Like, wanted to be here, wants to get better, um, seemed like a good kid, all the background checked out on him. So. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.